there is an epidemic failure within the game to understand what is really happening. And this leads people who run Major League Baseball teams to misjudge their players and mismanage their teams. Hey there, this is Matt, and you're listening to the Matt Faust Mashup. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6. I'm so very thankful and deeply humbled that you've chosen to spend this time with me. We're going to talk about three fundamental ways that assessment can revolutionize learning on your campus. Also, we're going to narrow in on sensitive data and unidimensional assessments. Let's jump right into it. Assessment generally falls under the hate mail category, somewhere between standardized testing and federal accountability. And rightfully so. There have been so many pendulum swings and left and rights between what type of assessment practice we're going to use. However, I'd like to give three ways that can drastically improve the assessment practices on any campus. So what will these ideas do for you? They're going to improve the reliability of your assessments, create data sets that are simpler to interpret, and data that's actionable, reporting that details learning, not just a grade, even in a standards-based program, and give you information that can lead to highly reliable evaluations of your curricular and instructional programs. Excuse me, Lieutenant. Is there something wrong? Yes, ma'am. The data on the MIG is inaccurate. How's that, Lieutenant? Well, I just happened to see a MIG-28... We do. Sorry, please. We happened to see a MIG-28 do a 4G negative dive. Where did you see this? That's classified. It's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Lieutenant, I have time... First, let's talk data dashboards. A data dashboard is a simple way to combine the most important metrics in ways that improve reflection, both in the classroom and among teachers and leadership. The data on a dashboard need to vary from sensitive data that show weekly student growth to qualitative results from parent surveys and other culture climate sources. Number two, the use of sensitive data. Here are the basics. First, it moves up and down based on student learning very quickly, very rapidly. It adjusts quickly based on instructional inputs. It's consistent, it's reliable. It uses specific metrics. You could call them micro metrics. It comes from simple to develop assessments. It typically does not involve passing rates or cut scores. Here's a great analogy. Sensitive data will move up and down based on specific teacher curricular inputs. It's like the needle on the tachometer in your car, the RPMs. You push the pedal and the RPMs go up. You let go of the pedal and the RPMs go down. You don't always increase your miles per hour or your kilometers when you increase the RPMs. 
but the sensitive data adjusts very quickly based on the inputs. Pedal in, RPMs up. Pedal out, RPMs down. Sensitive data does not tell you if the race car wins the race. It does tell you, however, in real time, whether the engine is working and whether the driver is controlling it. And that's what every school needs to make assessment work for learning and evaluation. And the third idea for improving assessment is unidimensional assessments. Here's a term that's a mouthful, and you might want to use the idea, but please do us all a favor and give it a different name at your campus. Unidimensional assessments focus on isolated content and skills in a progression of learning. Their results provide greater reliability than standardized measurements or even criterion referenced assessments that are typically used at the end of grading periods and quarterly assessments. Their design provides more data to track growth. Instead of mixing only a few test items per learning standard, a unidimensional assessment focuses on 10 to 15 test items on one dimension of learning. That's it. It's focused and gives data on that single learning standard and give highly reliable data. They don't have to be multiple choice. They can come in multiple forms, but when configured progressively from simple skills to complex, they tell you precisely the learning that's occurring. Are you testing too much? Here's a fair question, and everyone's heard the complaints about testing students too much. Since the early 2000s, standardized testing has completely become the norm of the American education system. Each state wants a score, a rating, and particularly a list that they can rank to say who's best and who's worst. For whatever reason, testing is the current means for determining that, but not everyone wants too much testing. So how do you know? if you're testing too much. Let's talk two ways to test too much. Number one, tests that are too big. And number two, putting too much into one test. Let's back up and unpack each of these scenarios. It's worth making a few comments about test reliability. When you have big tests, tests with too many standards, it comes with big problems in reliability. Imagine watching a movie in fast forward, say at 10 times speed, and then writing a movie review about it. You have to rate the movie and give your critique. However, you can't really make a good judgment about the movie, can you? That's the reliability problem. When your test is too big with too many standards, you end up watering down the accuracy of the information you get from each question. You can't pack enough test items for each standard. You're trying to test too much knowledge in one test. With only one to four questions per standard or skill, you barely get a sample of student ability. It's like the fast forward movie. You can't see each scene. You really can't give a good rating or critique on it. You certainly can't get enough information for a high stakes judgment about instruction, curriculum, or even a student's ability. Don't take my word for it. There's a quick test you can do anytime you have a big test, a test with many standards. It's a simple stat trick that you learn in any research course. 
Take a student and administer the odd number test items from the test. Give the same student the even number test items from the same test on the very next day. If the test is a good quality, highly reliable test, the student's score from each day will be nearly identical. Of course, the student's score should be identical. No learning occurred overnight in the student's sleep. Therefore, there should be no change in the test score. This is called reliability, but it's not the case with big tests. Even the best tests created by the largest publishers max out with reliability that means you could fluctuate in score between 10 and 40%. That's a massive fluctuation. This is the problem of big tests. Even if they're given infrequently, they're trying to test too much and they only scratch the surface. So how do we correct it? Number one, you can make the tests even longer, like 10 to 20 questions per standard and have a 200 test item test, which is absolutely unreasonable. So number two, the solution is unidimensional tests. Again, I'll link up a good article in this podcast so that you can get into more detail on unidimensional tests. Great teaching addresses a progression of learning and great assessments should do the same. I hope you found this podcast to be helpful and that you can consider forms of assessment that are truly responsive to students. They provide agency and paint a picture of the whole child. There's no time for subpar or unreliable assessment practices. Our students, our futures deserve better. I don't want to leave you just yet. I'm going to let you know that I'm adding additional resources at mathos.com slash mashup. If you're interested in sensitive data tools and in developing unidimensional assessments, I'll link up some text-based resources, some research and how to's again. Thank you for listening. I only ask one thing. If you enjoyed it, please pass it along. Now let's go out there and make an impact.